Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to life, liturgy, and the pursuit of holiness. I'm Bryn. And I'm Justin, and we're coming to you from beautiful Austin, Texas. Where each week we're talking about liturgy in everything from daily living to following Christ. Welcome with us today as we begin the next phase of our study of the Book of Common Prayer, where we remember that famous phrase from the Lion King, Hakuna Matata, ain't no passing phrase, as we go into the liturgical circle of life. And today we're going to pick up and talk about scripture, the uh, particular thing called the lectionary, and how that incorporates into our prayer life, our worship life in the church, because obviously scripture is the bedrock of a major foundation, we'll say, of our faith, the Bible, and what the Bible means. Now, I can remember, Bryn, back in the, well, I remember like I was there. I can remember back in the day, back in the early church when I was there spiritually somehow, uh, that the early church fathers talk about uh, how they would read scripture as part of their daily prayer life. And of course, in the monastic communities, but a lot of times they would incorporate in different ways. You know, it's not, it wasn't just something they studied and tried to, to understand or, or dig into. Uh, a lot of what they were doing was just letting the scripture fold into their prayer life. So, for example, in their daily prayers, they may start uh, what we would call an intercessory prayer, which I think we've talked about in past episodes, where they're praying for something. And then they pause and they might read one verse of one psalm. And they may do that for a long time. And they just let that soak and wash over them. And, and they listen, I think, um, for the revelation of God speaking to them through the words of scripture and in their prayer life. Yeah, I, there is so much that we can say about, about scripture and the Bible. And, you know, if we're talking about some historical context, um, as the church has moved forward uh, and as our church has understood it, the, the Anglican church and, and our Episcopal church, scripture is one of the three main sources of authority for the church too. Um, you know, we talk about the three-legged stool of scripture, tradition, and reason. So scripture has a lot to do with our corporate life, but it also has to do with our individual life. And, um, you know, what, what we talked about just before we started recording um, you know, we pay attention to scripture because we believe that it is one of the ways that God reveals God's self to us. And, uh, so scripture is, is the revelation of God to us, uh, and to our communities, but our continuing reading of it is, is God's continued revelation to us as well. It's one of the ways that we get to know God, um, uh, you know, is by reading scripture and, and by seeing how God is being revealed to us in scripture now, not just once a long time ago to some people, you know, who we don't know, but to us now. I think that's a really important point because sometimes we, we fall into the trap of opening the Bible like we would open a historical novel as something that happened in the past. Oh, that's beautiful, wonderful. Or, or in the case of the Bible, maybe actually, to be brutally honest, we'll open parts of the Bible, parts of what we read in the lectionary cycle. We're like, well, that's really terrible. <laughs> yeah. And that's really beautiful. And that's, that's interesting. Or, wow, didn't know that was in there. But it's a very much a living document. It's, it's constantly breathing life into us. If, I think this is the big trick, and I think it's where the early church helps us, 
if we prayerfully enter into an engagement with scripture. Uh, and what I mean by that is we don't read it like we read a book. We read it really listening, really focused on listening for where God might be moving in our lives and what jumps out at us. And that's what I think makes scripture so dynamic and the Bible so dynamic in the life, in the spiritual life of a Christian. Because when we enter into that, that moment, we, we can read the same story we've read 50 different times. Like how many times have you and I have probably preached on, heard about Noah and the ark? Mm-hmm. But to this day, every time I read that story, assuming now I shouldn't say it every time, because sometimes I don't enter into scripture like I just described and I don't always get a new revelation. But when I truly enter in prayerfully and really just sit with that text and so let's say just sit with that one story. Every time I get a new insight, a new understanding, something pushes me, nudges me that's never nudged me before. And at this point, I don't know how many times I've told that story, preached on that story, taught that story to kids, adults. It's mind-boggling if you'll let Scripture speak to you that way. Is that very reveal how God's revealed in the Scripture? Yeah. Sirs. Well, and I think that the the church acknowledges our need to continue to revisit these stories and acknowledges um you know our need of of understanding and entering into these into scripture you know sometimes with a devotional lens sometimes to understand better our faith and the faith of our ancestors and so we have what we're talking about today or starting to talk about today is the lectionary which gives us a, uh, for the Sunday lectionary, a three-year cycle, uh, and for the daily lectionary, a two-year cycle. But it gives us a cycle that um, provides for us to see what's in the Bible, you know, to help us revisit these things over and over and over again, um, and especially to to read parts that either we've read so many times that we might ignore or that we would never read um, if it were just up to us to choose. So, um, you know, we have this cycle that helps us um, continue to participate in, in that revelation of God to us um, by telling us what to read. Yeah, and I Bible. think in the lectionary also takes gives us, you know, what you just described, the, the daily office and the, you will call the Eucharistic lectionary or the, or the Sunday morning lectionary for slang, um, the one we use when we gather. But the daily office lectionary, in two years, you get a lot of scripture. And, mm-hmm. I, and I actually don't remember, because I think this is true. I actually think you get a pinch more scripture if you do every day of the daily office than if you do every Sunday of the Sunday lectionary. I think yeah, you actually, do. Yeah. It might be more than a pinch um, you get because there's some stories you're going to hear in the daily office, especially some of the harder ones, some of the things you probably yeah. would never go to read yeah. that you're not necessarily going to hear on Sunday morning in the, in the Eucharistic lectionary. But what yeah. that, all that does is the daily office gives you this, of course you can read the daily office in community, but you have this, but you also you have this individual component in the daily office. And then you have this corporate component in the Sunday morning Eucharistic lectionary where you hear scripture as a people of God together, wherever you are in your journey, wherever you might be, you're hearing scripture in that very worshipful, prayerful context. And, and perhaps that's one of the most important things we do is, is sit with scripture in those kind of settings where we're not just 
it's not just us, just us by ourselves all the time, but it's us in community listening. Um, and I think there's power in that. And I think there's, there's a real power in how God moves in those kind of moments um, with scripture and the, the way we incorporate it into our liturgical life uh, and the way the lectionary moves us through the year, gives us those ebbs and flows of the different, we'll say the, uh, the difference, particularly Sunday morning, but the different aspects of Jesus's life, you know, we're getting ready to here. It's hard to imagine that we're already here, but in about a month and a half, we're going to start what we know is the incarnational cycle, Advent and Christmas. And we'll, our readings will come the first Sunday in Advent. will shift to very what we call apocalyptic, expectant, as we get ready for this wonderful gift that's coming at Christmas. And then we will spend 12 days rejoicing in that gift. Uh, and that's a very important cycle. And then we'll take some time. And then we'll start the Paschal cycle. We'll start the journey to Jerusalem, to the cross, and to the resurrection, to the empty tomb. And the readings will take shape. And we do that. We read those readings individually. We read those readings corporately. And it's powerful how those can speak to us, not just as pieces of Scripture prayerfully, but also how they move us through the move us through Jesus's life in a very systematic, intentional way. And that's really where the lectionary, I think, helps us from just verses opening the Bible, which is totally fine. And just saying, what do I want to read today? And you read the first thing that pops up. The lectionary really moves you kind of in a very particular way through different aspects of scripture. Yeah, I think it's important to say too that that though we're Christians and we're centered around Jesus's life and our lectionary has these cycles that, that put us into, um, you know, put us into thinking about Jesus's life at specific times, in particular, his birth and then his death. But we read the Old Testament too. And that that's a a vitally important practice for Christians. Um, and not all Christians spend a lot of time in, in the Old Testament. And certainly there is no shortage of controversy in the early church from Christians who actually wanted to basically get rid of the Old Testament, who didn't think that Christians needed to look at the story of the Hebrew people or, you know, um, for a variety of reasons that has been soundly rejected by tradition, by sort of Orthodox Christianity um, and, and so for us, it's important to mention too, that reading the old Testament is really important for us. And, and in fact, if we don't do that, then we really lose a lot of, um, a lot of the context and therefore the importance, the real significance of the promise of the Messiah, the promise of Jesus coming, um, which is you know, which is promised throughout the Old Testament um, and then and then um, fulfilled in in the New Testament. Totally. And going back to my comment about like Advent coming up, we're going to start reading the prophet Isaiah. That's a beautiful, some beautiful scripture coming out of the Old Testament mm-hmm. and the prophetic works that come at different points throughout the. And the one thing the lectionary does I, that I find helpful particularly when you're in that incarnational, when you're in that Advent Christmas time, the incarnational cycle, or you're in the Paschal cycle, Lent and Easter. One of the things the lectionary helps do is connect some of those Old Testament readings to some of the New Testament 
uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, you're like, wow, look what was in Isaiah, and then look what's happening in the Gospels. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know, I find that very, very fulfilling. And, and, and it, it helps. I think it really helps. It helps really connect those dots a little bit uh, of this constant movement of God with God's people, which is really the story of Scripture. And, it's con- and then this revelation continues to today mm-hmm. uh, of how God's interacting with God's people. Well, you, you know, you talked about connecting the dots between, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament. But when we have a daily practice of reading scripture, which is part of um, the incarnation community's rule of life um, and is part of my personal rule of life, uh, then there's also there's also a connection that happens between the life of the people um, of our, you know, sort of the ancestors, our faith leaders, our faith ancestors, spiritual ancestors, um, and us now. That when we when we regularly put ourselves into, um, you know, into this practice of reading scripture and reading across scripture, not just picking it up and reading whatever we want, but reading across scripture from Old Testament, the Psalms, the gospel, the epistles, the the letters, um, then we start to see connections with our own story and the story of these people um, who are struggling. And I've certainly found that to be important just for my own personal life of, of, you know, reading like family stories from the Old Testament and, and, you know, learning about the strife that happened um, in, in these uh, families that we, you know, that are the patriarchs that we revere and we talk about as kind of uh, our spiritual heroes in some way, but man, their families were, there was some major drama going on there. I mean, it was like Game of Thrones kind of stuff with with <laughs> some of those folks. Well, it kind of, I mean, and that's the thing when you dive in and, and in today's time, I think too, by doing this, by reading across the Old Testament and the New Testament, particularly as you alluded to a minute ago about the Old Testament, those stories in the Old Testament really call us to wonder and I think sometimes struggle with those texts because a lot of times, especially today, today there's this real, uh, I don't know if it's my own, this is my word. I don't think there's a scholar who came up with this straight out of South Georgia, Justin, right here. <laughs> this academic kind of almost jaded academic approach to scripture that's almost mm. lost that spiritual conversation yeah. and it plays out in we're going to pick and choose these old testament passages to justify blank and we're going to ignore the others whereas the lectionary and worship and prayerfully whether you're reading the daily office and reading the prayers and incorporating scripture into your prayer life or however you might be incorporating scripture in your prayer life kind of removes that and then you're stuck looking at this Game of Thrones Genesis story. You're like, whoa, those are the patriarchs and matriarchs. But boy, they're little, they're little tricksters. Look at that. That happened in the Bible. Why don't we talk about that? You know? yeah. and, and then I think that's where you get your connection points. That's where I think sometimes it's in that stickiness, I think. That's where God's really moving in our lives. But we're, never, we're not going to notice that if all we do is open Scripture to study 
and then contextualize it and then beat it over and then decide what we're going to, instead of just letting it fall on us, just let it just flow right over us. Uh, and that's where I think the early church fathers really and mothers had it sorted out. Reading, you know, one or two verses over and over again throughout mm-hmm. a whole day or potentially even longer, mm-hmm. just letting them just basking in them, not trying to say, okay, here's, this was during King David's reign and this is what's going on. And none of that, just let it wash um, right over them. And I think there was some beauty in that because they were really listening. Well, I think it's worth saying that we can do both. Sure. That that there's something really important about actually studying the Bible too, not just sort of reading it for that spiritual or devotional purpose. Because if we don't do some amount of just study, then those things just plain don't make sense. And I think a lot of, um, I think frankly, maybe the, I, I don't know if I'm like, talking about the elephant in the corner of the room a little bit, but some people don't read the Bible because they think it's boring. And I, I think, yeah, it really is boring if you don't, if you don't like know what's going on in it. And so that study can help you know what's going on in a way that does bring it to life. And that then you actually see the drama in it and the conflict and the confusion and, and that kind of thing. So I think there's a good argument for studying the Bible, not just reading it for devotional purposes, because your devotional reading will be made so much richer for your understanding of the context and how it was created and the voices that it represents and how it speaks about God. Um, but even there, I think one thing that's, that's important, um, that's a distinction between even our study of the Bible that might seem kind of academic um, and uh, and how actual just biblical scholars or academics would read it is we read it with particular commitments. So we aren't just, we aren't just reading it looking for connections with our own life, but we read it with some commitments already. So this isn't just a, you know, a, a kind of blank slate that we can pick up and, and just understand as though it were, well, I mean, nothing really is any uh, anyway, but in particular, we have some commitments about this being a story of God's people and revealing God's love for those people, um, which is, you know, most fully revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. But that commitment is something that we take into all of our study of it, regardless of you know, whether that's the Old Testament, our reading of the Psalms, our understanding of, of the letters um, to the early church and the epistles, or, or the gospel, the revelation of, of Jesus's life. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. What can I say to that? What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> I mean, study is important. I know we're going to pick up down the road. A little, we're going to end up touching on, Scripture is going to come up multiple times over the next our time together on this on this particular conversation about the book of common prayer because to your point there's this prayerful entry point into scripture then there is the importance of study or what we like to call formation around scripture what is going on what's happening um and that highlights a lot of the things that are going on in kind of our world today with scriptural what we call scriptural interpretation um but yes, we do read with commitments, and those commitments are important. 
uh, and how we how we enter into that. So no, what can I say to what you said? It was beautiful. <laughs> but I expect that from you, Bren, just to say those things that we boys from South Georgia don't say as well. Well, I'm glad I'm not letting you down today. No, never, <laughs> never. But I do think, though, I do think it's important as we kind of wrap this this section up, I want to touch on one other thing where you'll see uh, not, I won't call it, it's not a lectionary, but you'll see readings that are not in the Eucharistic lectionary. They're not in the daily office like lectionary and it's some kind of cycle, but our, uh, our saints, mm-hmm. are, there are readings tied to each saint's life. Um, and those are yet another window because there's something that happens different there, uh, which is definitely something they used to do in the early church you're hearing about somebody's life and then you're hearing scripture that somewhat someone's kind of tied to their life. So you have this life, this kind of biography, if you will, then you have this scriptural story and you get to really play with those in your mind, meshing them together. And most importantly, putting yourself somewhere yourself, your church community, your community into that conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a little bit different than the daily office lectionary or the Sunday morning lectionary, but it's very important that that exists in our, in our prayer book, um, we have our prayer book feast days, if you will. And we're going to get into this a little bit later into the calendar. But just to mm-hmm. touch on that, those feasts are built around saints or holy days. And those holy days have specific readings. And we also have a cadre of saints outside of the ones listed in the prayer book, too, that also have readings. And that's just another way to engage with Scripture in a slightly different context that I think is powerful. Well, I will say this then, um, as we wrap this up, we're not going to end with scripture. We're actually going to be picking up scripture next time as we talk about the Psalter, mm-hmm. the Psalms, and where the Psalms fit into our worship life, our prayer life, into our study. So join yeah. us next time as we pick up our conversation on the Psalter. Can't wait.